Welcome to the Collecting Confidence Podcast, where we'll explore confidence, what it is, why we need it, how we get it, and how we lose it. I'm John Barrett. Thanks for joining me today. Today I want to tell you a little story about myself growing up and who I turned into. And it's a little bit about accepting who you are, not trying to be someone else. I'm a theater arts major, so of course I spent my college career trying to be someone else, pretending I was someone else. I got into some theater, some movies. I've always tried to be someone else, but I'm aware of that. In my day-to-day life, I'm pretty okay with being who I am, and that's not normal. I'm very different. I'm okay with that. I have a need to be prepared. I like to be prepared. Boy Scouts drilled that into me. I like to make sure I have that spare tire so I'm prepared for bad things. I like to make sure I have a spare whatever it is so I have things that I need. And it turns out I'm a bit of a pack rat. I don't know if I was born during the Depression and I just can't throw anything away. I've developed a desire to hang on to as much stuff as I can. And that's who I am. And that's okay. I don't compare my room to other people. I don't compare my house to other people. And I don't compare myself to other people because the comparisons would not be fair. The comparisons would not help. And I don't want to become them. And Lord knows they do not want to become me. So I'm okay with me being who I am, perhaps an anomaly. And they're okay with them being who they are, I hope, perhaps their own anomaly. And that's what we all should do. We all should be okay with who we are. You have to figure out who you are. You have to do a little bit of self-investigation, find out who you are, maybe take some tests like a Myers-Briggs or a DISC assessment, but get an understanding of who you are and how you're wired, and then just be okay with yourself. That's how you'll gain some confidence. We'll talk to Tammy Thompson about that in just a minute. Thanks for listening to the Collecting Confidence Podcast. It's my belief that everyone has experience with confidence, and we either have the trophies or the scars to show for it. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, and maybe share with a friend who needs to hear this. If you have suggestions for the show, topics you'd like to hear covered, questions you'd like to have addressed, or if you just want to shoot me a line, you can go to the Collecting Confidence Facebook page or contact me directly at collectingconfidence at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you. Now let's go collect confidence. Well, today I'm being joined by Tammy Thompson. Tammy's an independent decorator and designer with 10 years of experience and the owner of Simply Real Design. You can find that at simplyrealdesign.com. Tammy, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome, John. Thank you for asking me. Well, we're talking about collecting confidence. And so first of all, I'd like to establish what does confidence mean to you? Very good question. I think it means (laughs) a lot to me. Confidence means being comfortable in your own skin, because I think that's how you come across to people. If you are uncomfortable with your own attitude and outlook on life, that's going to come across to people. If you're comfortable in your own skin, your smile is going to radiate that. Your confidence is going to radiate that. You're just going to have eye contact. You're going to be connecting with people. When you see someone, can you pretty much tell if they're confident? I am a good reader of personality, and but I wouldn't say I do it correctly all of the time. Um, but I even think body language, eye contact, just the way they move. I think that really shows a lot about someone's confidence. 
There is a lot about how we're wired and some people are wired to look more confident on the outside and some are not. If you think of someone that is very confident, whom do you think of? I would think of someone that I work with at a lighting store. She just radiates energy. She radiates positivity and just the way she carries herself. I feel like I completely trust her from the minute I propose a question. And that comes through in her creativity and the work that she helps me do. And you have 10 years of experience doing things such as remodeling, working with color choices, furniture, lighting, window treatments, holiday decor. How do you get the confidence to know what looks good and to be able to convey that to the customer? An interesting history for me. My degree actually was not in design. I am business management in college and worked in corporate America for a long time before I undertook uh, designing. The confidence from that just came from family and friends actually 13 years ago saying, you're really good at this. What, you know, Have you ever considered this? And my confidence at that time was, well, I don't have a degree in that. I can't do this. No one would trust me. I don't have the accreditations. And enough times of people commenting on it built my confidence and I just decided to take off with it. So it's possible for the exterior voices to override those interior voices. You have to really work at that because our exterior voices are often very loud. Actually, the interior voices are loud, um, louder than those exteriors oftentimes. But to your question specifically, I would say that I think a big part of confidence in general, and certainly with my work, is listening to my clients. Mm -hmm. I don't want the reputation of being a designer that comes in and tells you what you like. I want to listen to them. I want, in fact, I just got off the phone with a client, a new client that found me on Nextdoor Roselawn. He said, I don't want a designer from the typical standpoint of a designer. And he said, I was referred to you because I hear you listen to people. And one of the specific instructions I told him before I go over to their home is do not clean your house before I get there. <laughs> I want to see it in its everyday shape and form because I'm not the type that's going to make it look all pretty, but have it be unrealistic. <laughs> and he did exactly what you are doing. He laughed at me and said, that's interesting. And I said, that's how I roll. I don't want it. I don't come in and tell you that I'm going to make a showcase. Uh -huh. If you have two small children, I want it to be useful for you. We decorate an early American landfill. So you'd have your work cut out for you here. How do you then make that decision and then convey that to the client? How do you convince them to have confidence in your decision, your choice? How I present anything to my clients is here are recommendations. This is how I see your space. You can take it or leave it. Obviously, it's your ultimate decision. It's ultimately your, your piggy bank. Um, but here is how I see a better layout for your room. I often get asked to help with full-scale kitchen remodels. I'm a big stickler for function. And so I just present it in a way that is common everyday approach to people. I do a lot of explanation through pictures, a lot of explanation through references to websites or things like that. And obviously my own website where I can say, well, your question is very similar to XYZ house that I recently did. It's just presented in a, in a very simple way. I, I, tr I try not to overcomplicate things. Mm -hmm. So far going into year 13, it's gone very well. <laughs> Well, I've seen on 
simplyrealdesign.com, some of the before and afters. And I think they look great, but I know that the client is always right. And every once in a while, you're going to get a client that doesn't agree with you, isn't confident in your choice. How do you deal with that? Remarkably, and I don't want this to sound too boldly, but I don't run into that often. And again, I think it's because of my approach. If we have a negotiation, as I'd like to call it, on well, I think that we should do this. And they say, oh, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that. Obviously, that's really good feedback. I need to understand why they're not comfortable with it. And we adjust from there. But thankfully, I've not had a major situation where we've had something actually done on a job and then they come back and say, oh, my goodness, that is not at all what we were thinking about. Certainly, it's not a problem for you to run a business, but the business uses a set of skills which you hadn't been schooled in necessarily. How did you collect confidence that you knew what you're talking about, that you knew what you were looking for along the way there? One of my biggest blessings throughout life is actually having amazing people around me. I had a couple of contractors that did a lot of work on our own home, and they were two of the people that were really encouraging me to think about doing this for a business. And I just was a sponge. I'm still a sponge every day where I want to listen and learn. I'm constantly contacting them or we just recently had some electrical work done in our own home. Hey, tell me more about this. It's just utilizing the resources and the people around you. I think the biggest mistake for people is pretending that you know everything. It makes you come across maybe a little too confident and not quite real admit that you may not know the answer, but I'm going to research it for you. And at the same time, then now you've learned something for the next client. Always be open to learning more. Yes. When you are dealing with your confidence and the decisions you've made, what happens when you feel unconfident about a decision or unconfident about a choice? How do you get past that? It's a very good question. It can happen. It can happen daily. And I don't say that to defeat my ability in what I do, but I'm honest about it and I'm real about it. You, you just have to take a step back, take a breath, literally go grab a cup of coffee, walk away for a while, maybe even change gears to a different client and just let it go. Coming back to it with a fresh set of eyes can often, the light bulb will go off or I will contact resources. Even the lighting person that I mentioned, she's fabulous at colors. If I'm really struggling with something, I might run it by her to go, hey, am I on track here? I've often done that, honestly, with my own spouse. Here's what I'm thinking for this situation. What's your gut reaction? That's extremely helpful because, again, I'm reading his face even before he's answered the question. So it's just stepping back, trying to take a breath, and utilizing your resources around you. It's important to be able to read those nonverbal cues that we get from people. But the verbal cues can really hit us hard. And I can remember a few things that were said to me back as I was growing up that really changed how I looked at myself or at other people. Can you think of a time perhaps when someone said something either uplifting or demoralizing that really changed your confidence? Absolutely. If you're referencing childhood, I have amazing parents God rest their soul. But they approached parenting very differently. My mom was very stoic. She was very German. She was very busy. I'm the youngest of seven children. And so the tasks were completed. And when the tasks weren't, com if they weren't completed, there was trouble to be had. <laughs> um, and there wasn't a lot of chit chat. My dad, on the other hand, was in sales his entire life. And so he did talk. 
there was never a time, whether I was in trouble or whether something went well, that he did not continue to tell me, you can do anything you want to. Just don't take no, don't think that because you're a female that you can't do this. And I always have had that rolling around in the back of my head. And I noticed that you have a tattoo that says, just be be comfortable in yourself or be comfortable with what you know, with what you are. Can you think of a time when you've had to either decide to just be and be comfortable with what you've got or where you've helped someone else who had to be comfortable with what they had? I recently had someone contact me about, she was wondering if she she's really in, um, interested in design, but again, doesn't have a degree in it. And she heard about me through someone she knows from an appliance store. And so she contacted me and early on in COVID, we met in my backyard. She was just asking me many of the questions of how did you get into this if you didn't have an, a degree? And she repeatedly said to me, essentially, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. How would I ever get started in this? And I've been a stay-at-home mom. It's such a blessing, but it can really start to wreak havoc with your self-confidence because you know nothing else than parenting. That statement is true, but it's not true. We know a lot more than just parenting, but it really starts to defeat or deflate what you are capable of thinking you can do. And the biggest thing I told her is, um, back to my tattoo, is just be. You need to think about the things that you know, the people that are in your life. Just take charge of that, take ownership of it. And if you really want something, go for it. In my situation, when I tried it, I had this extreme support of my husband who said, you know what, just try this. So seek out positive influences in your life that can help you with it. Just just go for it. Yes, some people have more at risk by doing that or whatever, but but really just kind of make a goal and go for it. We sometimes, we talked about how subjective things are, and I was in sports that had judges and was very subjective. How do you deal with that when you get an opinion for some from someone, someone sees something and says, oh, this whole wall has to go or whatever, and they just have a differing opinion than you? How do you, how does your confidence handle that? That can be interesting. Again, the body language, sometimes the nonverbal cues are better, even they're more telling than the verbal. Take a step back again and be open to that feedback. Learn more about what they're actually saying. Is it is it good feedback that maybe you did tackle this the wrong way or maybe that is the wrong color and ask them why? Try to keep those defenses down and just, again, be that sponge. Learn. And oftentimes you'll realize why they're saying it. And sometimes you will walk away even more confident that, you, that what you did, you firmly still believe it was the right choice. But just take a step back. If you had to give people a tip on how to either maintain their confidence, increase or collect confidence, or to just even avoid losing the confidence, what would that tip be? Listen to yourself. By nature, I'm sure John Barrett or other people who know me just assume I'm an extreme extrovert and I'm always social and I always, always want to be with people. That's actually not very true. I need my time. I need my time to decompress. I need my time to take a nap. I need my time just to step back and say, well, I'm tired. I'm physically and mentally tired and I'm just going to step back. Don't set too high of expectations that you will struggle with. Set realistic goals and things that push you and challenge you but be really honest with yourself. Confidence, I think, is a daily 
opportunity, but it's also a daily challenge. I don't think there's anyone who wakes up every day feeling like, man, they have the world in the palm of their hand and they are going to get it done. If there are, wow, that's pretty impressive. But I think everybody struggles with it. And it's just a daily thing. I think it is important. You We're talking about kind of how you're wired. And I do think that's an important thing to understand yourself. And, and whether it's a Myers-Briggs or a DISC assessment or something, just having a grasp of why do I feel this way? And I know I, every once in a while, people think I'm an extrovert. And as a theater arts major, the, the problem is I like my alone time. It's just when people are there, it's showtime. It, but it's also very tiring because I feel I have to entertain them. Is there a way that people can, that you found that, that people can get a real grasp of who they are? Anything, any tips on that? I mean, definitely some of the things you mentioned, the Myers-Briggs and, and personality assessments can be really helpful. I'm not a big journaler. But it probably is important to sit back and jot down a few things about yourself and really pay attention to that. Don't overanalyze it. Just write down what you think your personality is like. And really in this situation too, I think seek out a couple of close friends to help you figure that out. You know, if you've got a couple of friends who are just, yeah, get over it. We, we get where you're going with this. Don't try to put up a front that this is all great or whatever seek out a couple of those friends and whether it's a family member or a friend and just really real listen to them and get to know yourself. I think that's a big challenge. We're always busy living our lives, working, taking care of others, sit back and, and get to know who you are. And those differences can be a big deal. I know I worked at a place where my boss had the exact opposite letters for the Myers-Briggs. So she did everything different than I did, didn't understand a thing that I did because I did it exactly the opposite of how she would do it. I was very unconfident about my job and my tenure there. I wasn't certain I was going to be around for a while because I didn't get my boss and she didn't get me. Once we figured that out, mm-hmm. we're looking at everything from opposite ends of the spectrum. That made it a lot easier. And I stayed there for, uh, I was there for three years before we did that and stayed for another five. And that made it a lot easier though, because I totally understand now why she doesn't get what I'm doing. And I don't understand why she's doing it the way she's doing it. Right. That's really helpful and really ha- can help your confidence. So. And again, in that situation, when you step back and, and, and look at that and realize it, that's again, where you often grow yourself. As human beings, we often tend to, and I know my spouse would completely um, argue with me on this, you know, I, none of us are stubborn. I'm certainly not me. And none I of the Germans. <laughs> yeah, I certainly don't think I'm always right. But step back a little bit and realize, you know, I probably am not right on this one. Maybe what he or she is saying is true. And that's pretty hard to do sometimes, but it's helpful. <laughs> I just saw a t-shirt that says, I'm not arguing. I'm just explaining why I'm right. Exactly. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us today. This is Tammy Thompson. She's with simplyrealdesign.com. Thank you for being here and sharing with us. You're very welcome, John. Today's tip for collecting confidence is to listen to yourself, understand who you are, and just be. This has been the Collecting Confidence Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm John Barrett.